Welcome back to episode four of the Pacific Juice podcast. I'm Willie Kolo'ofai, your host, where today we sit down with a legendary All Black and proud Samoan, Fa'alongo Tana Umanga. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Dynasty Sport, official apparel partners of Tongan Rugby League, aka the Matemaa Tonga. Tongan Rugby League kit is made from Dynasty's new Ecotech fabrics, made from recycled plastic bottles. Ecotech is also available for your local sports club. Two Dynasty Sport is giving away a $300 online voucher each time we release an episode, so click on the link below to enter and win. Also, get 10% off everything in their online store using the code PACIFICJUICE. Follow them on Instagram at dynasty.sport.official. All links will be in the description. Our next guest is one of the greats of the game, a very proud Samoan who has huge mana and respect both on and off the field and has taken the leadership and knowledge he showed as the first Samoan All Black captain and enhanced it further with his coaching. Falongo Tana Umanga, Malo Soi Fua and Fawetai Tele Lava for joining us for the Stalanoa. Malo Lava, thanks for having me. Good to be here. Oh mate, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a privilege to have you sitting here and having we. Dalanoa. Now, obviously, we've got a few things to discuss here, um, Tana, but we're, we'll start from where your connection is, uh, where's your family from in, in Samoa? Um, so, my father's family is from Nole uh, Moenga, just by the airport there in, um, in Samoa. And then my mother's family is from Sangone, um, which is where uh, my Falongo title comes from. That was my mother's um, maiden name. And uh, that's her father's family. My grandfather's family is from there. And her mother's family is from um, Afinga in the city. So, um, yeah, real, um, you know, story of um, my, my grandfather from, you know, the outer islands or, mm. you know, for the Guabacks and then coming into the city and, and getting, uh, you know, the city girl was... Um, yeah, it was told to us quite a bit and how it surprised, I think, uh, my uh, grandmother's parents and that. So, uh, yeah, you know, that's um, that's our connection back, back to Samoa. Yeah. Uh, very good. You know, it's because it was always interesting hearing that, you know, how the uh, old generation sort of, how they manoeuvred, eh? But, um, Siano, you grew up playing rugby league. I imagine in some ways that was your first love to some degree or was it? Um, it's a bit um, bit different. I mm. I grew up actually loving soccer when I was young, um, and that's only because you know how it is. I, like my brother was my hero when I was growing. My brother Michael, um, who represented um, the Manusamo, uh, and he was he loved soccer too, you know. But <laughs> he was too scared to tell dad, um, so you know. So he had to play rugby, and then. Because my brother, he you know bought all the you know, they had these things called the Shoot magazine, and uh, which is all about English soccer. And mm. uh, you know we watched um, we watched big league soccer on you know midday on Sunday afternoons. We, you know when we'd obviously got home from church, or or I don't think he was going by when I was coming through. So um, you know he kind of he got me into it, 
You know, I was a big Liverpool fan, so soccer was the big thing for me, and I played it at yeah. school. Yeah. Um, and then it wasn't until I was about seven, right? I, I didn't play any organised sport until I was about seven. That's when I asked my dad if I could go down and play soccer, you know, join the soccer club. And then uh, he says, yeah, no, nah, jump in the car, come. You know, jump in the car. And then we uh, went to the rugby club and he enrolled me in rugby. <laughs> and uh, he says, that's the last I want to hear about the soccer stuff. Oh, it's, you know, we're a rugby family, we play rugby. So I think my father knew there was probably a better life for me in, in, in rugby than uh, than, than soccer, I think. But it wasn't until I was in my teen years, I'd always watched, um, you know, back then it was called the Winfield Cup mm. um, Rugby League. And I'd always wanted to play. Um, uh, again, you know, I watched it on TV. So at that stage, I was 15, 16. And you know, as you do, I was the youngest child. So I started to rebel a bit from my parents, you know, and... Uh, <laughs> I, you know, went and played rugby league. Just, I didn't know anyone. Uh, I went there with a friend. You know, we we signed up um, and started playing. And then when I told my parents, you know, it was like uh, they didn't want to know. They never came come to watch me uh, when I was young. Oh. And yeah, no. I used to come home injured from rugby league, and my mother's a nurse. And then you know, I said, "Oh, I hurt my, you know, Iwa. That's what you get for playing that Valera sport." You know, then that was it. <laughs> and uh wasn't wasn't probably I, I played, you know, I, I started to make some headway in, in mm. rugby league and, and I had my sisters who were older than me, who were my big support crew, you know, they looked after eventually my I had my mother and then I had three older sisters who were like my mothers, you know, and so they, they kind of supported me and mm. uh kept, you know, yeah, do what you want, we'll follow you and you know. I think towards the end, when I started, like I said, to achieve a bit in, in rugby league, my dad would come watch, but he'd never tell me, oh, you know, my sister would say, I'll oh, just look through the fence, there he is over there, just go in the car, you know. Yeah, yeah, so, but it was a it was a great thing when I come back to rugby, you know, that they'd all come back and you know, my parents were very proud about you know, me coming back to rugby. But uh, in terms of rugby league, I think I learned so much. I went to rugby league. Wasn't the greatest tackler, you know, playing rugby. I was, the, I was, I was quick, so I learned, you know, to let them pass me and then chase them down. Um, you know, I tackled very high <laughs> when I was younger because I was too scared to go around the leagues. Um, and it wasn't until later on, like I said, when I was playing league, I had a friend from up, um, up a cousin from up in Auckland who, who played league in Auckland. He was telling me you know, how to make hits. And I, I, that's what I loved about rugby league. So she showed me how to do that. Um, and when he showed me, I did a few. He says, oh, yeah. Oh, how come you're not, you should start playing this. Oh, no, he dislocated both his shoulders from those big hits. He, <laughs> he didn't tell me about that when he was teaching me. Oh. <laughs> he said, don't worry, you're different from me. I think my shoulders weren't very good. But, uh, you know, and that's, I think, my love of, you know, defence and uh, I think rugby league was kind of cemented around those, you know, those teenage years. But like I said, I came back to, um, I, I signed a contract and when I was 17 to go to the Newcastle Knights and, uh, you know, signed for two years, first time away from home. I lasted two weeks and then came home because I missed, my you know, I, I got homesick. Yeah, I, I just read that and I was going to, I was going to mention that. So that almost, I guess, changed the course of your career because you, 
you could have I, I imagine you could have gone into league and been very successful. Have you ever thought maybe what your career would have been been like as in rugby league? I, I imagine now. Um, yeah, look, I to be honest, I haven't. You know, I'm kind of one that you know I, I don't. I've always tried to live through not having any you know what is no regrets. Yeah, you know so. Um, I had a couple of opportunities to go back to rugby league once I'd started my rugby career. Um, yeah, I, I thought at that stage I'd started, you know, I made a couple of rep sides and I was really enjoying it. And I think maybe a little bit of, um, you know, maybe, maybe a bit of embarrassment, you know, you know how it is. Oh, you go off, um, uh, with a lot of fanfare when you sign a contract. Oh, yeah, he's done really well. And then, you know, you come home two weeks later with your tail between your legs and everyone had a massive party for you. And then you, so it was, you know, <laughs> well, I was a little bit, yeah, I was a little bit embarrassed about coming, going back to, this kind of why I changed to rugby. Um, and I, you're just really fortunate that rugby turned professional and I you know, it was, it was in my time. Mm. Um, but I, you know, I, when I went to Newcastle, there was players like, um, um, you know, uh, the Johns brothers. I trained with um, wow. Joey Johns. Mm. You know, really young. We were in the same team. Yeah, obviously, I didn't know who he was then, and you know, and, and him of me. But you know, we, Fun. you know, I, I, I definitely remember him. You know, he always had a long piece of grass sticking out of his mouth at trainings. You know, and you know, like he'd come from, you know, I don't know where, you know, wherever he'd come from. But it was yeah. like he was a, you know, like a mm. farmer or something. You're a yeah. farmer, man. You know, but you know, again, I think I, I just remember we used to always train against, um, you know, uh, the, the big boys, and um, it was like it was just something I've never done before. You know, yeah, you're 17 and you're running up against the top side of um, the yeah. Newcastle Knights, you know, unreal. Um, and Chief Harrigan, you know, like he picked us up a couple of times, and a guy named Robbie O'Davis looked after us, he was just coming through. Yeah. Um, you know, and um, I think it was Michael Hagen, you know, those guys, or Sammy Stewart was there, Tony Kemp, those guys looked after us, John, John Schuster, yeah. and we went there, ate in their houses, you know, and I think that was, and then we'd train against them on Saturdays, and wow. you know, we'd just be running these sets and things like that. And, yeah, it was just, it was just you know, amazing, eh? But it wasn't enough to keep me there because <laughs> I think I just missed my mum too much. Mm. And, um, and it, it's like anything, I think you learn. I didn't, um, you know, my thought of what professional was was not really what professional was. You know, I yeah. thought mm. um, when I went over there, I really, I knew I had to work. You know, that was my thing. And I didn't um, pay a lot of attention at, uh, at class, you know, so I didn't have any qualifications leaving mm. school. But I knew football was my, my way out kind of thing. So I yet. Football will give me a job, you know. Yeah. I didn't know football was the job. Man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so you know, I said I'd do anything. You know, I'm like, oh well, yeah, shucks, you know, people are builders, painters, and stuff. Oh yeah, they'll give me an apprenticeship, and then I'll be able to work, and then I can just play footy in the weekends. You know, train a couple of days a night. You know, as they do back home. Wow. <laughs> um, but they were really surprised. They when I mm. said this, and they kind of, you know. This is what you do. This, this is your trainings. You know, this is what. And 
yeah, I had this thought in my head that, no, I'm going to get a job. And so when I got there, they said, oh, no, we'll switch out a job later on. That was the other part that really, oh, no, that's, you know, that wasn't the picture in my head I had. Mm. So, um, yeah, that kind of got me down. And then, you know, obviously then you know, that kind of um, added to the homesickness. Wow. And so, yeah, yeah, you know, look, I just played because I love it. It never changed, you know, as I as you know, when I went into rugby as well. Mm. Uh, I kind of, I, obviously, I I, um, I grew the understanding of what a professional was, but I always said, you know, I give you said days for free, but, but you have to pay me for training because that's one thing I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, man, I didn't expect that soccer to come out like that. Well, you know, I guess everyone has some things that they sort of naturally. Mm. Um. So, growing up was. Who was someone that you admired? Was it a league personality or, or was it someone in union or was it neither? I mean, obviously soccer. Was- uh, yeah, uh, soccer, like a, you know, like in terms of sport, uh, I always talk about uh, really being fortunate to have my brother. Yeah. Um, someone so close. I didn't have, you know, apart from like I love Michael Jones from mm. a rugby perspective. And when I was coming through the grades, um, and so when I was younger, you know, there was um, uh, oh, Stu Wilson and um, Bernie Fraser in Wellington, you know, so mm. from Wellington, the, the two wingers. And so I really um, looked up to them in terms of as a fan, you know. But when, as someone I looked up to, is my brother Michael was, you know, like I'd, I'd be as, you know, he'd take me down to the, the local rugby field and, Get me to retrieve kicks for him as he grew up, as he, you know, um, as he went through the grades. And then, mm. then all of a sudden, as I got a little bit bigger, not much, I think it was in my early teenage years, you know, 14, 15, he'd say, Oh, okay, you start on the 22 and you run to the corner, try and score a try. Because he was a fullback back then. And I'll mm. come across and I need to try and stop you, you know? Wow. And so I, mean, I was getting smashed out by my brother all the time <laughs> in the corner. I said, yeah. uh. Um, and then, and then you know, the, okay, your turn, we'll swap. So, you know, I had to try and tackle him while he tried to score in the corner. And I just remember getting caught because he, um, my brother's seven years older than me. I just remember diving and putting my, and this is why I told you I went to leave because I remember <laughs> diving and putting my head, and my head went in between his legs as he, because he had a long strike. Oh, so, yeah. oh. and then, so went in between them, like <laughs> chopped off my head. Wow. Yeah. And then he just, ah, get up, get up, I'm gonna go again. I need a few more reps. Um, so I think, you know, those kind of things, you know, he, uh, he always helped me with my game, or, mm. you know, we had a really close relationship. And I think those, those years, hey, when you have someone that's not a poster or not on TV or, you know, you don't really know, having someone that you can always good. Yeah. talk to, hey, you mm. know, like, I think that just helped me, you know, yeah. so. And uh, even when I came through, you know, my, I only came back to rugby after I'd finished rugby league because I wanted to play with my brother. You know, yeah. And he was playing rugby for Patani Rugby Club yeah. at that stage. So he kind of got me to come and play with him and I, and I really enjoyed that. And that's all I had worth thinking about. I mm. yeah, taking this off and play a bit of rugby. Um, and then... When he became, uh, he played for the Manusau more, 
and I'd, we'd both played for Wellington, so we both played for our club, we both played for our province, and then he was, he had made the Samoan side, and mm. I think it was the 95 World Cup. I thought, oh, well, I'll go with him and play for Samoa as well. But um, I, I'd, I'd just played for uh, New Zealand Colts, New Zealand under-21s, yep. you know, the year before. Mm. And so he said, look, you know, you've got your foot in the door. Why don't you just give that a, wow. you know, give that a crack, go as far as you can, and then, you know, Samoa will be here. And I was going, oh, no. At that stage, you know, I wasn't yep. – yep. I was just going with the flow. I didn't have any real massive goals at that stage. And I said, oh, man, you know, whatever, I'll – I just want to come play this for Samoa, you know. Man, it's been with your nah. brother. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But he said, nah, nah, stick it out. You know, look, it'd be good if one of us got there, you know. Very wise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, a lot of it, I've got to thank my brother for pushing me. Yeah, like I said, I just, I didn't have any massive, I was just kind of cruising at that stage. I was only yeah. 21, 22. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, like I, I think when you say, I, I really only, my brother was my, you know, my bigger, biggest idol that I looked wow. up to and someone that I wanted to, mm. to follow. Right? Mm. Man, you know, that's, uh, I mean, that's, it's, uh, yeah, see, it's interesting to hear that, yeah, your brother said, I mean, because it c- could have been a very proud moment for both you to, you know, for you both to be playing for Samoa, you know, family, you'd be you know, very proud, but having that insight to say, Oh, so you got you know you got a shot at this, um, and to be able to sort of you know, and for you to you know obviously take heed to that. That's um, oh, that's 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 that's, that's pretty cool. Fast forward a little bit here, um, you become obviously the first uh, Pacific Island All Black captain. Um, huge achievement, huge honour. Um, Artie, obviously the most recent. What what did that mean to you? Um, as a, I guess as a, as a Polynesian to to be to lead this particular team. Very proud moment. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I have to say, very proud for my parents yep. um, and all the, you know, the struggles and and what they did to help us achieve our, you know, our goals and our and our um, our pathway in life. You know, my mother. Uh, she said she she had dreamed about this moment, you know. Uh, that <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> yeah. was, oh, you never told me. Just, I dreamed about it. Some oh, wow. knew this was going to happen. So, yeah, obviously she was very, very, very proud woman. And um, and and I think that was the biggest thing for me, just understanding uh, the sacrifices, as we all mm. talk about. I think as Polynesians, the sacrifices. Um, our parents, you know, have made for us to yeah. have a better way of life. Mm. And it's probably not only, it's only just recently, um, it wasn't until after that that I realised how much of a sacrifice, you know, my mother and my father had made, you know, to, um, to, to get us to where we are. Um, and that's, you know, that probably, you know, it's a sad thing that I didn't understand that with, with mum back then, you know, like mm. she was, she was 16 when she was told to leave Samoa and, and come to work in Auckland, you know, yeah. and, and make money to send back, you know. Man. And, and that wasn't her job initially. Um, you know, her, her oldest sister was meant to come over for her, uh, for the family, but her old, older sister went missing just before, the day before uh, the, the I was meant to leave. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Of course. So, of course. Uh, yeah, you know, my 16-year-old mother's all. 
my granddad doesn't look. Oh well, yeah. you're next. You you take the buses here and you, you know you jump in there. And so she had to catch a boat, you know, and that was in '51. Um, and you know, so she did that. She did that for her family, and you know that, and she was able to um, create uh, a pathway for all her family. You know, her cousins, her siblings, mm. and put them through uh, schooling and um, get them into a way of life over here that was only beneficial for all of them. So, you know, it's. I think those stories really, you know, are sad that mm. you, you hear about, you know, what they missed out on and kind of puts everything in perspective about, you know, what we do. And it's something that we need to be making sure that I'll pass on to my children. Absolutely. Absolutely. We didn't get here by luck. We got mm. here by hard work and sacrifice. Uh, That's right. Mm. The, um, what was the biggest, what was the biggest thing you learned being, being all black captain? What was the biggest thing you sort of learned? Uh, oh, look, it's, it's a huge honour. Mm. Um, and uh, the biggest thing I learned is just making sure that at that stage, it's understanding what it takes to build culture and who you are as a person and who you wow. represent. Um, you know, so I was... I was an elder statesman by the time they made me captain, mm. uh, and I'd seen a lot, uh, been a part of the All Blacks for a little bit. And so I felt that probably the biggest, best um, best part of what I could offer mm. was to be a voice for our players. And as I, as I did then and as I've done throughout my life, and I think I've learned that through my parents around just speaking up, around uh, what we think is best, wow. you know, so on behalf of the players, mm. you know, it's not just about you and not having that agenda, you know, and, and also not just because it's been done before doesn't mean it has to be done that way again, you know, because if it's not mm. right, don't keep doing it. Mm. Mm. And so that, that was something that I think, uh, you know, I've learned, again, I think just because of my age, you know, I was in, in my thirties by then, by the time I got it, you know, um, then I just said, look, we've been doing this, we've gone a certain path, but it's not working. Uh, and I said that to the coaches. Wow. And I think they were happy with the way, um, you know, my honesty, you know, and I had nothing to lose. Like I said, I'd been there a while. I'd, mm. I'd achieved a lot of what I'd want to achieve. And yep. I kind of just came to the realization that, well, I'm going to be here. I'm, I'm going to say what I want to say. Mm. And I know, and it's not just for me, but it's what I've seen. I know yeah. what's going to be best for all of us. Mm. And, you know, I did talk to others, yet some of it I just, you know, yeah, you know, look, others have done this. I don't think it works. You know, what they do with it, because I've learned that, you know, you can, as long as I have, you have your say, you're happy, you know, and you've been listened to. Now, whether the powers that be or the people in charge, they, they take that on board, mm. that's up to them. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, now that I've had my opinion, I will, you know, and they go a different different way, I'll say, mm. oh, well, you know, I had my say, they listened, and, I, and, you know, they authentically listened to what I had to say. Yeah. And they decided, oh, well, we, we feel it's not best that we go that way. We're going to go this way. And I said, well, 
hey, that's all I can ask. That's you know, right. I, you know, I, I feel listened to, and we'll, we'll disagree. To, you know, we'll agree to disagree, mm. but we'll move forward. Um, yep. And I think as leaders, that's probably the biggest thing. You know, I learned around all that stuff too is that we might all disagree, or we might some might not agree, but for us to move forward quickly, as you have to do in, in sports teams. Wow. Oh well, yeah. As soon as we leave this room, whatever decisions made, we back it, 100%. whether we like it or not. Man. And so the players can't see there's any, um, you know, there's no mm. weakness in our legs yep. together. Mm. Man, that's crazy. That's no, that's 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 wonderful insight from um, yeah from there. Um, lots of discussion around you probably know around the All Black midfield today, uh, specifically uh, the number twelve, coveted number twelve jersey. Who does Tana Umanga start at twelve for the All Blacks today? Yeah, that's a it is a very um, coveted position at the moment, and you know there's a lot of question marks. Look, uh, the incumbents, um, Quintapaya, David Havili, mm. you know, they probably haven't taken the opportunities that they've they been given. I thought David Havili had a great season last year. And uh, obviously, it's a long year. You know, they had to play 15 tests at the end of it. And mm. to be on top of your game after you had such a great Super Rugby season, it's tough. And maybe it could have been a bit of, of that, you know, a bit of game fatigue going on. I thought Quinta Pye was, was brilliant uh, towards the end of that. You yeah. know, I think he was surprised and excited about being an All Black. And he took his opportunities but he probably hasn't set the world on fire when he's come back to Super Rugby this year, eh? Mm. So, and that's always the tough thing when you're um, sitting here all black because mm. everyone knows who you are and what you're True. doing. So, you know, um, it was interesting. I've actually been, a, you know, I've watched uh, Jordy Barrett, mm. you know, have his crack. I don't think he's nailed it um, for the Hurricanes. Yeah. Um, but he's such a good fullback, so you, you're kind of thinking. Is, yeah. uh, but I, what I what I do believe, <laughs> I'm not answering your question here. Is it's not something you can just chuck, you can just stick to. You know, like mm. you know, chucking Jordy Barrett for two games when he's been playing fullback. You know, I, don't, I think that's just a lack of respect for the old jersey. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and and the importance of it. And we've seen, you know, the midfields are starting to get a. Um, a lot of respect because if you think back you know, through the years when we haven't had a solid midfield pairing or it's been changed we haven't won world cups when we have mm. we have won world cups so um, you know obviously the 15 or 11 um we had uh you know Ma'a and, and conrad for both mm. of those yeah before that they were trialing with different players here there and everywhere um you know and uh, 87, so it's like a mouth of a mouth of a mouth of a mouth of a a big responsibility defensively, mm. um, a creating space for others or putting them all into space. Yeah. And a lot of that can be come down to relationship. Wow, you know? So, look, I, I think Roger, two of us, a Sheik's going to be um, 
There he is. just brings a different element, different mm-hmm. element, um, yep. great on his feet. Uh, yet he's still learning the game. Yeah. And uh, I just don't think you can discount him because of the good things he can do. And he's he's such a a total student of the game. Yeah. You know, and he he'll fast track his readiness just because of his determination to be the wow. best he can be. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I've been impressed with him with the little, you know, you know, with the little mm. scene of him. Obviously, he's going to be someone special. But yeah, no, absolutely, he's an absolute contender for sure. Mm. You know, and uh, I've actually I thought, you know, when um, Bryce Heem's done a great job for the Blues oh, yeah. in the you know come from, he's a big body, you know, strong ball runner, mm. he's a good defender, you know, and. And he's done what the Blues needed in terms of getting someone, getting over the game line and getting mm-hmm. that physical presence in the midfield because that's what you need. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I haven't actually answered your question. <laughs> I'm sitting on the fence myself. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, if – I believe if um, Jordan Barrett had started this, the year at 12 oh, and, okay. you know, had a bit more time, I think he mm. – because I watched him play when he was uh, younger, and I wow. thought he was a very good twelve. Yes, that's right. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Colts level. I mean, before that, I thought mm. he was a very, very good twelve. And but he's been playing fullback, and I just and now you know he plays last game. He played fullback as well, so he moved him back mm. out. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, I look up. I'm just going to sit on the fence. I'm not sure. There's there's Roger. Mm. Uh, I've, you know, whose relationships say his partnerships, so who's going to be centered to you, Rico? You know, if Roger and Rico in these last few games put on a um, such a good relationship, well, obviously they got Bowden Barrett inside yeah. them, so yeah, they, exactly. you know, 10, 12, 13 combination, yeah. mm. and then they start ripping it up. I know that's going to put a lot of pressure on all those midfielders. Uh, and then, you know, like Antonio Brown's engine now, but he's been there. Uh, and uh, Jack Goodhue's come back. That's right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's for me. It's yeah, you know, it's just hard to really pinpoint because there's just a lot of uncertainty, eh? mm. you know. And oh, I think Rico's playing great. Absolutely. Right, probably as best he's played as a centre now. And mm. um, I think he's starting to understand the position and, and what's required of it. And um, you know, his, uh, his defence has picked up. As I think that was a big question mark on um, what everyone was saying, but he's, mm. he worked really hard on those things. And he just, oh, look, he's, and he's just such a, he's got that expect that speed that no one else has got as oh, a centre. It's just, it's, yeah. it's cheat mode almost, though, having him at centre. Oh, that's yeah. exactly right. Eh? It's mm. just another dimension that no one, no one really, you know, no one else has got. Mm. Um, and, yeah, yeah, I look up. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure to be honest. All good. But, uh, I, I watch. I watch with uh, bated breath to see who yeah. they. I think they're going to grab all of them. Mm. I mean, I was going to mention this a little bit later, but while we're talking about the Blues, obviously sitting top of the table, um, had a great win against the Crusaders. Um, uh, first time they've won down there. In, I don't know, a few years. What are you most happy about? How the obviously you've been involved with the Blues a lot. What are you most happy about? How how they're going at the moment. I'm just uh, really happy about the progression 
Mm. Um, the maturity of the players that are that are taking them to this point, you know, and it's uh, as you said, it's what, fourteen years since they've beat the Crusaders, and uh, just to watch the way they played and you know, some of those players that have you know have been through the lean years as well, um, to see them come out on top, um, and it means a lot. Oh, it's, it's not a you don't win finals in April, but it, it's great confidence, yep. you know, for for those players to see that they're still growing, they're still building, mm. and um, you know they can take on the best. And you know, it's just created a massive sense of belief. Mm. You know, I think winning the um, Trans Tasman last year really started that, yeah, knowing that. That's right. Actually, you know, we can put games together. Mm. We might not have beaten um, the Crusaders then. Yet that started belief off that, that you know we we're in this now. Mm. You know, we've, it's taken us a while to get here, um, but you know, some of those some of those guys when they came to the booth, they were kids, and and now they're all blacks, and now they're growing up and understanding. Actually, wow. I, I want to you know they they've bought into actually taking the blues and, mm. and creating. You know that blew everywhere, so everyone understands that we're bringing it back. Um, well, they're bringing it back, and uh, again, you know, beating the Crusaders was another thing that they needed to tick off just to again build yeah. that confidence for themselves. Oh, eh? you know, exactly. and, and now they they want to march to actually, oh, well, we want to we want to beat the best when it matters, mm-hmm. you know. And I think they're 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 a good stuff, and everyone's afraid of them once they because they can. You know, as most teams, they you know they, there's the up and down rides, and love. but I think when it comes to those big games, they know how to lift. They've got great leadership um, with the way Dalton's going, you know. Yes, oh, and man, and Bowden back, and, and, mm. and Luke Luke Romano. Mm. You know, and I think the the coaching groups um, awesome. They've you know they understand what everyone needs to do, so. Mm. They make sure they keep them grounded and and, and keep marching forward. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, no, it's it's um it makes it exciting to you know sort of see the blues sort of come into the sort of you know sort of the, the belief that they have in in, in the in the team and so on. Them seeing them do what they're doing at the moment. Um, let's we need to talk about Speargate um, only because. Um, it's just something that my, one of my lads was just saying, you need to ask him about that, Brian, I just score tackle. Obviously, a uh, huge controversy. Um, in my, I was just watching it again the other day. You know, a clear red for both maybe you and Kevin, uh, possibly. Um, in your mind, does does that change the whole course of the series? Um, or was that all-black team far too superior um, that even a healthy Brian O'Driscoll um, wouldn't have made a difference or like maybe a three three or sweep. Um, oh, look, Brian O'Driscoll's a great player. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's no two ways about it. Mm. Um, you'd, you'd love to think that with the calibre of picking from, you know, the four countries and, yeah. and uh, that you'd still have... Um, Enough to win, mm. you know, a, a series. Um, yeah, and, and I, I do know, you know, like 
you know, in the, in this day and age, yeah, that, that definitely would have been a red, you know, for both of us. Yeah, there's, yeah, you know, there's no intention on on, on that. Absolutely. And I think listening mm. to all that stuff around, oh, yeah, we look, we went out there on purpose. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, but that's just what you have to live with, and some mm. people can't let it go and won't let it go, and that's and that's fine. Um, I think there was a lot of a little bit of as reflecting and knowing. You know, talking to some of the the Lions players on that tour, that they they did get sick of it and, and actually felt that it did feel as if well, we're, we're more than one player. You know, oh, and um, looked it like that, yeah, yeah. And to say that, you know, there was so much emphasis put on, um, you know, what happened that it detracted from actually the caliber of player that was playing. Yeah, you know, and they probably, yeah. Uh, it's when you think about, I suppose it would never happen again, but you know, you what you're left with, you know, with any team now, you know, look, yeah, you lost a great player, yet this is the group that's left to do it, so we need to, you know, I think they talked about the Blues when you did lose an All Black, um, that oh well. Yeah, that doesn't mean doom and gloom. Well, that's another opportunity for other someone else to step up. Wow. So we need to yep. build that up, mm. you know, and we need to make sure that we're giving everyone confidence that, hey, look, it's not over. You know, we've still got games left. You know, we yep. can bring this back. And then you can utilize, actually use that as a positive for your team in terms of, oh, well, look, this is what's happening now. You know, well, we've got to do it for, Rob, we've got to do it for, you know, save us some pride yep. and, you know, look, um, all that kind of thing, but uh, yeah, look, it's just, it's just um, ongoing. Look, I, I had a an Irish girl was at the an Irish pub. I, was, I do like a Guinness, you know. I yep. think um, mm-hmm. the last time I was with Brian, we were able to go to the, um, the Guinness uh, factory, which I thought was awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've actually liked a Guinness uh, every week. Just I can only have one though. I can't stomach any more than one. <laughs> it's quite strong. <laughs> But as I was having my goodness, you know, we had an Irish who's working over here in, in mm. New Zealand. I think she had a few drinks. And um, she asked, oh, can I have a photo of you? And I says, yeah, no worries. No. She says, do you mind if I pick you up and look like I'm spearing you into the ground? And I said, oh, and I was looking at her, and she wasn't a big deal, you know. And I said, I think I could get injured here. So, you know, uh-huh. I, I said, no, no, how about? You know, and then she got, uh, she got a little bit angry. She says, "Well, don't you think I can? Don't you think I can oh, pick you up?" Okay. And I was going, "Oh, I just don't want to risk. I'm old now, eh?" I, like, <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty funny. Her boyfriend was having a bit of a laugh, and all oh, well. their friends were having a bit of a laugh. So yeah, you know, it, it's yeah, mm. it's uh, it still uh, still happens, man. Um, but it's yeah, it's all all you know a bit funny, a bit of banter, and uh, yep. but yeah, I just had to say, "Man, hey, look." Let's just have a photo, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Move on. Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, no, that was an incredible series by the All Blacks. That uh, that was, um, you know, whitewash. Mm. It was young Dan Carter just doing what he wanted to do. Um, you joined Toulon, Toulon as a coach um, after your playing days. Um, it's your first year because I think you were in the in the Pro D two. Then you guys made top fourteen for the following, um, and it's your first year top fourteen. And you got players like Sonny Bill Williams. Uh, I think Jerry Collins is in there. But you find yourself 
sort of at the bottom of the table, um, sort of fighting relegation, you then uh, decide um, to step out of coaching and into um, into your boots again um, to help the team stay out of the relegation battle. Was this due to a sense of obligation, or was it a shoulder tap from like what's the owner Bujalal? Is that his, is that his name? Or, yeah, or, and, yeah. and did you think? I mean, I mean, I guess you were you were trying just to help the team at, at any cost. Uh, I think it was yeah, more to help the team. Mm. Like the, the year before, we had a for Project Do, which is the second division. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd actually played for the year before. I did a bit of that sabbatical thing, and um, one of the first to do it, I think, must have been. Because I was able to go in the off-season of um, Super Rugby, um, end of 2006, we for three months to um, Toulon. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. So I went and played, and I, I played eight games. Because um, I, I, I never thought I'd go overseas to play, so I oh. thought I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to retire in New Zealand, you know, live in Wellington for the rest of my life, and you know, we'd actually just built our. Um, or renovated our, our forever home. Oh, nice. And uh, we went over to France, and I got a, you know, obviously, you know, it, was, it was a good deal, and I thought, oh, yeah, it would be, it would be nice to go see the south of France. So, mm. And um, I still had a season to go with uh, with the Hurricanes of Wellington, so um, I went uh, from just uh, end of the uh, start of December to early, early January. Mm. And uh, um, I came back, and then after that season, you know, during the season, they asked me to, you know, go back over mm. in 2007 as a player. And I said, oh, no, I'm hanging up my boots. You know, I want to finish with Wellington, um, play my 100 games, and, and, you know, that was me. And then they came back to me, so what about coaching? And I, I hadn't um, I hadn't really thought about what I was going to do after rugby, so. Wow. You know, yeah, so I thought, oh, yeah, oh, I'll, I'll give that a crack. You know, mm. it was a beautiful place. I, I really enjoyed our, our time, the people. And when I went, my first went there with my family, they loved it. So, yeah, we went over, coaching, probably doing. He had a big dream, um, Murad, around, you know, mm. trying to raise, raise the rugby back to what it used to be. They're a very yep. famous club and very proud, but they'd fallen on some hard times, some bad mm. decisions made by people as, as they do, and dropped them right down the levels. And they got to second division, probably do. And then I came on as coach. Andrew Mertens came in, um, Anton Oliver, oh, wow. uh, yeah, George Gregan. Uh, all after, uh, it all came mm. after the, the 2007 World Cup, which was held in yeah. France. Yeah. And... Um, uh, geez, what's his name? Oh, the, the South African lock. Um, he's, oh, he's awesome. So I'm not good with names. I keep, <laughs> keep forgetting, you know. And, um, and Dan Luger and some other ex internationals that, that had um, that had played. Um, oh, I'm Victor Matthew, sorry. Of course. Sorry, Victor. Yeah. Yes, you know, the quality of player that we had. In the second division, so we made it look easy a few games, and we kind of went through um, the season. When it got cold, we didn't do so well, so no one wanted to go to the cold places. 
Uh, and then we came we came good towards the end. And mm. uh, you know, as you know, like coaching a side like that, I learned a lot from the players. It was it was awesome. You know, line out from Victor. Um, structure and set piece through George Green because they'd come from the Brumby system and what mm. they did and their attention to detail. Um, then when we had um, then when we'd had, uh, won the, the promotion games, you know, we, we got promoted straight away. Uh, they all left. We lost all that leadership and um, you know it was hard to replace you know that experience of, of, of the Mertens, the Gregans, and you know, the Matt Fields, and, yeah. and, and, and Anton said, oh, I've had enough. Food. Um, you know, and so, and especially in key positions, yeah. Um, you know, we've got JC came in, um, Sonny, obviously, he was only just learning the game. Yeah. We've got a lot of young guys, and maybe some guys that probably not of that caliber. So, when we in our first year, and, and as you learn, it's no different to um, what Moana's going through when they mm. go to the market. You know, the big players don't jump straight away because they want to see how you go. You know, they don't want to go to something that comes up and then goes straight back down. And that's the same mm. in the French, you know, yep. um, what I learned and, and what I was told. You know, like, oh, they want to see that you're, you can make established. it. And yep. then, yeah, mm. that's right. They want to go to something established. Um, so that first year we made it up. Yeah, we, we lost a, a lot of that experience and the leadership, uh, and we replaced it with, you know, again, that quality of player just wasn't there. And mm. yeah, we went through some tough times, and um, a lot of players realized the difference about playing overseas eh, when you're actually there. You know, they don't sign. Sorry, they sign. Um, you know, um, the All Black or the Wallaby. They don't sign the club player or the Super Rugby player. Yeah. So they expect test match performances every yeah, game. Rockstar, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what I mean. So when they don't see it, they ask questions because all it is is I'm paying this much money, you know. And as a coach, sometimes if they're not performing, then I've got oh well. I'm going to give another guy a go because you're just not doing it for us mm. for for one reason or another. And it's a long season. Then you've got to justify that to, you know, the, the money man or the owners because they say, well, I've paid him to be good, but he's not being good. Why can't you get the best out of him? I said, well, yeah. You can only, you know, force a person or make a person play to their ability if they're not showing it or not behaving like you'd like them to. Exactly. You've, you've got to move on, but. Yeah, it does, it's not like that. Eh? Ex- the expectation is that you get the money, you play, you play. And, you know, you we've heard of the stories over there of, of All Blacks that just haven't done, you know, exactly. over in Europe because they just haven't shown it. And, yeah, and that particular owner's, yeah, and, he, and he's not shy in calling guys <laughs> out no matter who. Yeah, and then you have to deal with that as a coach. Mm. You know, how do you deal with that as a coach when you're, you know, you're not on the same wavelength as your, as your owner? And around how they deal with players on this side of the world to how they deal with them over there. So there's all that kind of thing. So, you know, I always offer that a kind of advice to um, players when they leave here. I understand you're leaving all the um, securities and, and things that you're used to of New Zealand, of, of the Southern Hemisphere, to go over there where 
and you're paid to play. And if you don't play, like perform, you know, yeah, like like the YouTube highlight clips, then uh, you know that your manager sent them. Sorry, yeah, then like, it's going to um, be. A we haven't seen this yet. <laughs> <laughs> We haven't bumped off 10 guys here, but you're not bumping off anyone in this game. Oh. So, yeah, so, you know, look, it, it was tough. But then, so, you know, the long way, it's coming out. You know, we, we've we got down to the, I think, 13th, 14th, the bottom two. And mm. like I said, we've had a few injuries. And I kind of just, well, look, I've got to come, I'll come out. We missed leadership. Um, and, uh, and I think that's all it was, just a bit of, as you know, with leadership, it was um, a bit of direction on the field. Yeah, this is what we're doing. Mm. And, you know, look, oh, oh, people say, I probably retired earlier than I could have, you know, and I, um, but I'll, I kind of lost that um, that will to play or the enjoyment with the game. And that's when I wow. kind of thought, oh, well, I'm not enjoying it. I don't want to play anymore. But um, yeah, I was determined to come back, and and yeah, so if, if I could anything that I could do to help us as a team, you know, stay up and, and keep yeah. moving forward, mm. and then I wanted to do that, you know, and yeah, yeah, look, it was um, I, I really enjoyed. It. I got to play with Sunny Bill, I got to play with JC again, you know, and play top level footy. Yeah. I played with Johnny Johnny Wilkinson when I came yeah. back, you know, like some greats of the game and who mm. I can still call on as friends now. And I, cool. that, that was probably the other side of, um, of what rugby could give you, you know, playing mm. overseas. Yeah, so, yeah, look, it worked out. Hey? We, we mm. finished them at the yeah. table and, and then so they just grew from there. Mm. Became the, 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 the powerhouses that they're here, went on to become. Um, mm. So you obviously coaching, what's your fundamental philosophy around coaching? Is the, I guess you have a – you approach coaching the same way that you sort of approach your playing or, or things sort of, you value certain things? Um, well, my fundamental philosophy as a coach, you know, I've got asked this by one of the, you know, a leading coach back in the day and I didn't really know what a philosophy was, but, you know, for me, I just want players to live the dream that I lived through rugby. Wow. So, that's the whole thing, you know. And you know, whether that's international rugby or, or making a living out of the game, you know, to help and support, mm. then that's what I want to do, you know. So, and that's all I, I've ever wanted in terms of how I coach. You know, like when I talk to them, I'm, yep, there's this pathway. You know, everyone wants to be an All Black, but if you want to keep continuing to play the game, you know, maybe that that's. Um, Block now, or you're not mm. getting you know the look. And at some stage, well, you can still play the game, you know, still make a living out of the game. Mm. You know, and and I think players are looking at those pathways now. You know, um, coming from that county's Monaco um, time, you know, I think there's so many players that were able to um, go on and, and make a good living. You know, mm. the, obviously the Bundy Arkies, you know, yeah. Um, Augustine Pulu, yeah, uh, Tim and I Williams, mm. and who all started, um, Sally Pito, and who all started, you know, that I don't know if they would have if they didn't get those, you know, just, mm. you know, like Fritz Lee. There's some great stories that I, I'm really proud of that, you know, some of these guys didn't want to play rugby, Man. but they had the talent and the potential, yeah. but they just needed a bit of, 
guidance around how to how to navigate some of the traditions and and you know like yeah. what the the perceptions of what you're meant to be as a rugby player mm. to get your foot in the door and you know just smooth some of those rough edges and you know, <laughs> some of those rebellious yeah. about uh, yeah. just when your time man you know like put your number ones on yeah uh, just yeah you know um, you don't have to wear your 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 cap all the time backwards and <laughs> which is you know, we talk about expressing ourselves and, mm. and that was similar to me because I'd been through that all the time too. You know, I found out that I wasn't making teams because I wasn't, I wouldn't wear my tie properly or I wouldn't wear my blazer. Mm. And I just used to wear like wearing my jacket or a hat. And, but it's really, a, again, it's a test if you can conform, you know, and how you can be part of the team. Yeah. Um, I think that's changed a bit. Um because everyone wants you to express yourself, and mm. you know, but you get your chance to express yourself when you play. Yeah, that's that's right. You know, at this stage, when we turn up, we all want to look the same. And, I, and I'm a big believer too. You know, mm. you know, there's a lot of things I think you can make sure that you stick to to make sure that you're, you know, you're still a team in the end. Rugby's a team game, and uh, you know, there still has to be an element of. You know what we can do together and how we can see um, be collectively as one because yeah. you know individuals you know having individuals do their own thing can sometimes not benefit what the team wants. Mm. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. There's a there's a time to be uniform and you know we all look you know, but then you can do your expressing. Um, <laughs> before and after, during the game and after the game, when you're like exactly, yeah. Um, what was it? just just wanted to sort of just thought about Jonah uh, Jonah Lomu obviously um, phenom. What was it like playing with him, and and what effect did he have maybe on on your own journey? Well, he had a, a massive effect on my own mm. journey. Playing with him first and foremost, you know, it was awesome. You know, the power of the man. You know, just watching mm. him do what he does for such a big man. Um, was a joy to watch, you know, and when he got going and when he was at his best and healthiest, just unstoppable. Um, and obviously to be on the same side of the I was on but on both sides and, you know, I, I had more success <laughs> when he was on my side than when I did it. But his effect on, on my journey really, you know, I think when I made the New Zealand under 21s, you know, I, I kind of came in as an unknown. Oh, mm. because I, I'd been playing rugby league up until that point and I'd, I'd been a junior Kiwi for two years. So I probably wasn't an unknown, but they, I did have a bit of a, you know, back then there was this, rep, you know, this big reputation of, oh, nah, league's no good. You know, rugby people don't like rugby league people ah. or rugby league players. So, yeah, I used to get abuse from the sidelines when I first started playing club rugby. You know, about go back to league, you know, you can't do that here and things like wow. that. Um, but it kind of, you know, I, I was determined in the, when we had the under 21 New Zealand Colts trials, I was marked up against Jonah and, you know, he was on the probables and I was on the possibles. So, you know, his team was, and he had already been an all black buddy. And, um, so my goal was to try and take him, you know, I knew if I played well against him, then it would help my, um, wow. You know, my chances of actually, yeah, yeah. you know, getting mm. into the team. And, and I, I went well, against, although he bumped me off and made me do the first run he had. <laughs> you know, like, 
me and my brother, my brother, again, we came up with a plan of what I should do. You know, don't go too low, too early, stay high, stay high, then go low. And then I said, oh, yeah, 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 okay, sweet, too, so stay high, stay high, go low. And then, you know, this famous fender really pushes people into the dirt. And so I looked there, I looked there and see if my bloody plan didn't work. <laughs> um, and then, you know, look, I came good, you know, um, I got him a couple of times. I changed my plan. I just grabbed his jersey and just hung on for a little bit. And so, you know, I think it had, it had enough by then. He'd already made me look silly, so it proved a point and then just 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 played along with me for a while. Mm. But, you know, there were some other great players that didn't make that team that I think that really, you know, the way I played against um, Jonah really helped me get ahead of some others, like um, Norm Berryman was in that, in uh, his yes, side of course. Yep. on the wing. So, you know, he didn't make the side um, mm. and I jumped in front of him, you know. Yeah. So I think that was kind of like, you know, the catalyst for me to um, probably launch my rugby career off that, mm. you know, as I said, around what my brother did. And, but it also made me the way, oh, what, as I trained, it's like, oh, what would big guy be doing, you know, like, because yeah. you know, I need to keep up to his standards mm. and he's the standard now. So I needed to make sure that I, you know, I didn't have his attributes. So I just need to, I need to keep training harder than, you know, and thinking about what he would be doing because he's yeah. where I wanted to be. And he was the benchmark, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think that was probably, you know, his biggest part that he played in my um, yeah. in my journey. And then we obviously got to play together a lot. Mm. We, got, we became good friends. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was just – like some of the experiences that you've had, such a big heart and yeah. um, so giving, you know, and, and like, you know, I've, I've given lollies and, you know, given a feed to somebody who's given cars and shoes, and, you know, it's, been, respect, it's just different levels. Yeah. Eh? Yeah. It's just different levels. And it's going, man, and I'll give the, the boys a hard time. Just give us car back, man. <laughs> Buy your own. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, Tana, you coached the inaugural Moana Pacifica side uh, 2020 uh, against the New Zealand Māori. Um, that was pretty cool, exciting. How do you evaluate how Moana Pacifica uh, are tracking at the moment? How do you see um, how they're going? Well, I, th- I think you've got to look at the performances and then, um, you know, like, again, the, the, the quality of their side. You know, mm. They weren't... Um, a lot of um, debutants on that side have never played Super Rugby for yeah. mm. before. Some that haven't played a lot of um, uh, minor team or provincial team. rugby yep. before, mm. you know. Um, yet, you know, they've had a win, which 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 I don't think a lot of people gave them credit for. Absolutely. So that's a yeah. credit to those players, the leaders, mm. and, and and definitely the coaches, Aaron Major mm. and Fred Tutu and Darryl McLeod and, and uh, Paul Asimani, you know. Um, Dale and Pugliasi never coached at uh, Super Rugby level, so you know, they're finding their feet as well. Mm, yeah. So there's a lot of new things that have happened for them, but I, you have to be a success. I think anything happens from now, there's no success. And they've been competitive, mm. you know. Um, they've done it tough. You know, no one's done it tougher than having six oh, no, games I in know. two weeks. It, eight, you, know, like, yeah. you know, and uh, so you've got to take that into account. You, no other team would be would do that. Mm. I don't think yet. Um, Moana Pacifica, you know, you see how much they've uh, 
they've attached a lot of who they are around their culture and who they represent. And, you know, that's just what's getting them through. They realise, oh, well, we just got to get up and go again, get up and go again. You know, there's no moaning or yeah. we just, you that's know, right. just got to keep going. Mm. And they're giving people uh, opportunities, you know. They're exactly. giving our people and, and growing the game. Exactly. And we know exactly that's it, the exposure. Mm. And we know what that did for the Japanese game. Um, so, you know, that's the other side of it and how, what it's going to do to um, Samoa and Tongan rugby um, and, and, and other nations. You know, there's a few cookies in there. Yep. And also, you know, like the Fijian Dua, mm. um, what they've done uh, over in, in, um, in Australia. They played really well against the Blues. Or, I haven't seen all of the game, but... Mm. You know, just their style of rugby. No, no, no. I actually watched the um, um, the Fijiana uh, yes, they, they did game they against do. the Waratahs, and incredible the the way they play the game. Uh, it's it's actually what you enjoy watching. It's what you expect. So they mm. they bring it, and you still can't stop it. Uh, exactly. You know, and exactly. Uh, so that I think that goes well for both the women mm. and the So I think Fiji have done well in having their own two teams, and yep. how that's going to help them um, grow their game. And with, you know, you're watching uh, what it did with the, the Fijian women's sevens game, you know, they, they were able exactly. to get into a final. Mm. I know. You know, so you can imagine what's going to happen with the World Cup. Coming I know, they're year. already leading contenders, some say, you know. Yeah, that's right, mm. that's right. And they're going to challenge the, um, you know, the the, uh, the ones that have been there for a long time. So. Mm. I think it's just growing. And yeah, like minor percent, I think they've been a success, I think. And they've just got to keep growing on that. It's like anything, as I said, around when you first get promoted, you know, every player's watching, you know, that could go there as well. We'll see how sustainable exactly. you guys are. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see if he's can, you know, hang in there. And then you'll see, oh, well, I want to be a part of that now. And, um, You'll see it grow, but we've got yeah. to make sure, and I'm sure they do. You know, they've got to make sure that they, they can stay in it for a long mm, time because that's it. You know, um, it's going to be great for uh, the, the national sides mm. when they go to things like you know, the upcoming um, men's and women's World Cups. Mm. Yeah, no, that's it's um, it's, it's you know they've added some exciting units and they're exciting teams to watch. You know, especially the Fijian duo there. You know, it's when they're when when they're on. You know, when they're able to you know have that license to play. You like, oh mate, these guys literally can just out of nowhere can can do anything. But um, Tani, you've stepped away from coaching, obviously, to pursue um, family business. I see on on your t-shirt there, Victual. Is is that how we say it? Victual. That's right. Um, yeah. Victual. Was this just the right time to make this transition to, into this? Was it something you've always been looking to do? Um. Yeah. Look, it's. Uh it probably came around around talking to a lot of the younger players that I've been coaching for such a long time. I'm wow. very, as I said to you, oh, I want them to live the dream and mm. you know, through rugby, but understand also that what I say is, you know, rugby's a good uh, a good plan B that'll set you up for plan A because wow. you can't play the game all your life, exactly. you know. But yep. um, you know what it can do is open doors. What it can do is obviously give you um, something to set up what you want to do for the rest of your life because you're going to be out of the game a lot longer than you're in the game. That's right. Um, and then I, uh, I kind of thought, actually, 
you know, as I said before, I, I stepped right from playing straight into coaching, and <laughs> I never really, <laughs> I never really looked at anything uh, after rugby because mm-hmm. I just thought, oh, look, I, I love rugby, I love what I do, and I've been in it for so long that you know it's just I got really comfortable doing what I was doing, and uh, so I thought actually I want to, you know, action my own words, and you know, <laughs> uh... <laughs> so you know, my wife and I have been. Um, we started up supplement company because of you know we're vegetarian and oh, wow. we've always had to supplement our our um, uh, our diets mm. you know, because you know as as vegetarians we didn't get enough protein and we gave up meat and and, and things like that and just for health reasons hey you know look i've been to a few funerals about you know who um, guys my own age of guys i'd played with and i just absolutely yeah it really affected me and, you know, made me change wow. my lifestyle because I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to you know, go through that. And exactly. also, I didn't, I, you know, I saw the families and the young families that they'd left behind. Man. And, and, I, and I've got my own family. So, yeah, that was a big reason why we mm. started this, started becoming vegetarian. Then we got into the taste of vegan products because we, we, we use uh, vegan um, protein powders and we wanted to develop a, a great tasting you wow. know, protein powder and other um, other products. So we went down that road, and then we thought oh, we want to incorporate our cultures. You know, because we're very proud and passionate about our culture. So my wife's Maori, mm. and so you know, there's um, some great native botanicals that have been used. You know, back in the day, that all our wow. um, our our ancestors and, and, and aunties and nanas and that have used it in the same with um, you know in the Pacific culture too, you yep. know. Mm. You know, so we incorporated um Porupito, uh Manuka leaf, Karnaka leaf and Kava. So we so we wow. made sure that we touched on both those those wow. cultures of ours. Mm. And uh, you know, that's kind of like our point of difference. That's what we wanted to do uh, and um and you know like we wanted to, you know, everyone's create better habits in terms of our people around what we eat, how we 100%. eat. Um, and at the start, not at the end. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you've got to create good habits. And this is what I've learned through my time in rugby. Like, it's, it's actually the habits you create. And I've been able to take those from my sporting life into my, um, you know, my current life now. Now I'm trying to incorporate those into, you know, teaching that to others, but also, wow. you know, like vegetarianism for me was was a way that I could manage my weight, ma- manage what I ate, you know, and yeah. kind of challenges me to give up something that I've loved for most of my life. And uh, so it's not easy. It's wow. hard, you know, and I think that was the big thing. And, and so, yeah, look, you know, I just wanted to step away and get really involved with something different. Yeah. You know, we won the um, – with the Blues, I thought, yeah. oh, once we'd won something, I thought, oh, shucks, these guys, you know, they're on a, they're on a positive road. I, I can, you know, I had two years to stay there and mm. I actually had to pull out of that contract. So I yeah, could I read that. get yeah. into this. And um, I just thought, yeah, I'm going to do something different because, you know, like if you get comfortable – do things that you've always done, and but as I said to you before, I never wanted any regrets. And yeah, 
what I'm learning in business life, you know, you can transfer, but also uh, there's a lot of different things that I need to be better at. Uh, there's a lot of um, the way I think about things is challenged because I'm in a different industry, but there's also things that I can carry over, you know, like from sports, you know, around leadership, um, around discipline, around following plans, you know, mm. around how do I communicate with people? I've got to communicate better um, and utilize networks, you know, like, um, but like yourself, oh, you've got to be <laughs> not be fifthly or not be scared to ask. Yeah. Hey, like, you know, like, yeah. like yourself, you know, I just, either on social media, I just text someone, hey, uh, yeah, no, I haven't talked to you about for 10 years, but what are you up to? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's it. No, it's all just about reaching out and just be, you know, obviously not being afraid to do so, you know, hey, yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, like, that's something that I've never done. I usually, I don't want to bother people because, you know, they've got 100%. their lives to run. 100%. And, you know, and, and, oh, it'd be that guy that just rings me and wants something new, you know. <laughs> but, and, but everyone's open to it. No one said no. And, you know, like, um, and everyone's so helpful to, uh, uh, which I think is great uh, in this business world. Like, they just want to see you, help you succeed. Yep. Just just similar like in the rugby world, you know, a player. We just want you to live, you know, reach your see potential. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's right. Oh, we want you to, you know, like I say, live the dream that I've lived. That's all I want to see. You know, and how far that goes is up to you. You know, you can only um, you can only take them so far before they have to do it. You know, yep. do it themselves. Mm. Um, but they do need guidance, and that's you know I'm probably that side now where I need guidance because I don't know where I'm going. But wow. you know I just tap shoulders with people, and, and like I said, people have been more than um, happy to help. So we're learning so much, you know. I love it, and we've got so you know we've got all these um, native Pacifica botanicals in our products, and yeah. you know we we're just uh, you know we're just fully invested in it, eh? like I've, cool. I've really got them behind and I'm, I'm, I'm learning so much. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it's different. And I think that's probably a good thing because I've been mm. raping so long. Yeah. Get, getting out of it, I realize actually, she's, you, you get in a bubble and everything's kind of, you can get into that slipstream and just be, uh, oh yeah. You know? Yeah. I do my work, come home. Yeah. Do my work, come home. You know? That's and, right. Yeah. Um, so speaking of well-being, because I've just obviously I've been on your website and it looks pretty cool. It's that you know the Pacifica and, and the Maori sort of mm. combined. Obviously, um, that's really what's obviously apart from taking some of these supplements. What are some things you do? Because obviously, well-being is a big, uh, you know, it's 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 you know top of mind for a lot of us. Not just um, you know, but mainly as Pacific Islanders. You know, mental health and well-being is 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 a huge you know uh, topic for us. What are some of the things that you that you do, or maybe some things you maybe? Um... Oh, look, I think we try and keep it simple. I mm. exercise three times a week, um, and but I, it's quite physical. Look, I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, I've been doing that oh. for a few years now, a number of years. And I think you've got to find something that you like, you know, mm. like not everyone likes to go to the gym and I, yep. I know I don't. Yep. Um, I don't like running because, you know, my body <laughs> is... Because the island is... You know? Yeah, exactly. And so... Okay. Yeah. So I've been doing that. I took it up and 
2010. And um, I think that's kind of, again, something that once I stepped away from it, I was able to do, I've been able to do really consistently. And, uh, you know, and when you find something that you enjoy doing as an exercise, movement's great. If you walk, walk. It's, Mm. you know, and then on the other side of that, you know, I eat well. That's why we turn vegetarian. How long have you just been to make sure for there? Yeah. Four years now. Just wow. four years. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's been a good, good journey. Like, um, and you know, like uh, that's that's because it was easier for us at that stage. You know, just to you know, like <laughs> portion sizes are. You know, it's. Man, that's tough, eh? With your pushing sizes, the right pushing sizes there. Um, so when you kind of when I gave up, you, you know, you give up a lot of those, um, those, but you find other ways, you know, to make sure you 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 feel um, satiated and some satiated. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, it's just like you, know, you just got to keep an eye on it, watch what you eat, um, be really disciplined around that, and. You know, these are these things I told you about when I was younger. I was able to develop those because uh, when I was younger, I, I had to do that because I wanted to become, you know, I wanted to be where Jonah was. I wanted to be an all black. So, yeah. I, yeah. you know, I'm not yeah, going to be as big as fast as him, uh, you know. And if I ate and got to as big as he was, then I'd be slow. You know, I'd have to be a forward, but I didn't want to do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had to be manage all that kind of mm. stuff. And, um, be really disciplined and just became you know became a habit and now it's a habit that I've kind of taken into you know my adult life as I grow as and as we grow older mm. even more so uh, you yeah. know when things start to hurt a bit more or you know and so and we just think oh well if it hurts I shouldn't do anything but actually you still got to keep moving you might That's not right. have to move as vigorously but you still have to keep moving some movement yeah and yeah you know like so you know if, you, move, you don't move it, you lose it, that, that kind of adage. Um, so those two things, and I, I think like, as mental, mental well-being's crucial, eh? mm. and that was probably a tough thing for me initially because, look, I had a habit of, probably not a good one when I was at school, but I never did homework because home, I developed it. Home's not for work, man. I've got enough work to do my fouls when I go home and do work. So I'm not going to do schoolwork when I go home. (laughs) So when I became, um, you know, when I became a coach, as a Mm. player, you don't necessarily have a lot of homework anyway, but as a coach, I made sure I did all my work at work. So when I came home, this was my place to relax, you know, and my family, I 100% spent time with family, you know, until they went to bed later on. And that was kind of, again, my mechanism to deal with the stresses of work, wow. you know, home. And, you know, for some, when you get a little bit well-known, it is a bit of a, when you're going out and people want to talk to you, you know, you have to be on guard and you have to be nice all the time and, you know, you have to make sure, because, and it's not hard, you know, people just want to have a chat to you yeah. and, you know, mm tell you how the game's going or you know, how bad things are going or, you know, like just give you their opinions. And and you learn obviously that, you know, you have to put on a put on a smile and yep, 
thank you for your feedback. Mm. So but that was every time I left the left the house. You know, I I'm on I'm on now. I have to be on because wow. that's just how it is. Mm. So when I came home, I mean, I'm not on. I'm on. I'm just me now. I'm just gonna relax. You know, you don't have to be on guard, or you don't have to be. Mm. And it because it gets tiring, huh? It just gets tiring, and you know, it can weigh a bit on you. Wow. So that mechanism for me was, um, you know, for rugby. But now I, I work at home. I, I work at everything's at home. <laughs> so my wife and I'm working with my wife. You know, we've never worked before. So that's been a, a different dynamic. Wow. Yeah. So all these things that you've got to deal with. So through the lockdown, you know, going for walks together, you know, mm. getting fresh air. So we, we, you have to change what works. Where do I get my – and for me, you know, I go out three days a week, my jujitsu, I get to talk to different people, mm. you know, and and um, it just breaks down. Like, we don't know. We, we don't necessarily know what everyone does. You know, when it comes like, you know, you go to the gym or you go, you don't know, you just mm. see our person or that you might see all the time and you might have a conversation, but you don't know what their background or where they've come from. Mm. So, which is great, you know, so yeah. it's a great leveler. And yeah. So you're just there and, you're just there connecting and you've got this um, um, this one connection through a sport or, you know, an exercise. Mm. So, oh, yeah, so you've got something totally different that you're talking about that, you know, you didn't have before. That's right. And, um, and also, you know, so that's one thing. And then I've got other friends that I've talked about, you know, just catch up for lunch and that I, that I haven't seen because I was so busy with rugby that I haven't mm. seen for a long time. So I've been able to read. You know, reignite some of those friendships. Yep. And yeah, uh, I think that's, for me, that's what works. I, I just need to talk to people. And, you know, my wife knows when I go quiet, that's probably, you know, when I haven't talked or been out. Now, she even flag. made me go yep. play golf. Yeah, that's right. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. She even tried to make me go play golf. And, you know, but that takes too much time. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah, golfing, eh? Yeah. Um, Tana, what does what does being Samoan, what does being Pacifica mean to you? Um, well, responsibility. Uh, maybe I'm just talking about age and stage for me. Um, mm. Responsibility at my age as being a Pacifica, um, you know, Samoan person who's been able to achieve some things that um, others haven't. And to be able to show uh, that it can be done, no matter who you are or where you come from, that's a big thing for me. You know, uh, um, I, I heard a quote yesterday. You know, oh, it's not even a quote. I seeing is believing. You know, you hear it all the time. Mm. But if you don't see people there who are similar to you, then it's hard to believe that I can get there. Unless you're a very strong person, that well, I'm going to be the first. You know, and um, I think my mother was a pioneer in terms of being 16 and leaving her family. She was one of the first that came over in the boats in the 50s. And I've been able to follow in her footsteps because I was the first Samoan all-black captain and I was the first non-Māori to lead hackers, you know, and, and things like that. You know, that means something. And so being Samoan in those spaces and, and showing people that hey, it can be done, 
no matter who you are, what background. If you do the work, you're determined and persevere because it gets tough mm. when you have to be the first one or you're different from wow. what other, you know, what other people have, you know, have um, what it looks like other, mm. when other mm. people have done it. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, it, it becomes tough. So, you know, I think that's probably the biggest thing is responsibility uh, wow. when I think about being Samoan. Mm. And I, I just, I'm not a big, I don't know, it's funny, you know, like, so people take advantage of their place. Um, I'm a, you know, I do it because I do it. I don't do it to tell you that I've done it. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if you pick up on that, you know, but then that's great. I want to show that I've done it and that it can be done. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, these things change in this modern times. Hey, eh? you know, it's sometimes one other thing I, I always tell players is that you have to be your number one fan. You have to have the belief that wow. the goal that you want to achieve is achievable. Yeah. And you need to be pushing yourself and believing in yourself all that way. And because if you don't, no one else will. No one else will, exactly. You know, uh, you'll have your family and, you know, that's, and that's a given. They'll yeah, believe given, you. yeah. Um, and he was saying, like, my dad summed up, man, you know, like, hey, mate, come <laughs> yeah. on. What are you doing this video thing for? I'm like, hey, mate, can you just, can you just like the video, please, and move along? Um, no, that's, psychology, that's, yeah. yeah. No, no, that's really cool. Um, and, and obviously that, you know, coming from someone like, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's incredible insight. Um, what it means to be, you know, Pacifica someone. What advice would you give, um, to our next generation of Pacifica, if there's one or two gems that you would give to our next generation of uh, Pacifica entrepreneurs, you know, rugby players, netball players, uh, what's what's what would you say to them? I think you know, like I said, you've got to be your you know, your number one fan. Yeah, you know, that confidence that you've got to have mm. um, in yourself. Um, Otherwise, you're always relying on someone else. And sometimes they might not have the same belief that you have. They don't yeah. see the goal that you've set or, or they don't see, you know, some of the things that you think you can put in place to achieve yeah. your goal. Yeah. And, you know, then it's, it's going to, you've got to work your butt off. You've got to work your butt off. You've got to, um, if that's the goal, do everything you can to achieve it because there'll be, you know, uh, it's never a straight line uh, from where you are to the to the top of the mountain. You know, there's 100. ups, downs, mm. you know, lifts and rights and, and things like that. There'll but be you've doubters, got to be there'll be haters, yep. Mm. yep. That's right. And and mm. and you know, they'll try and sway you from the course mm. yet if you've got um, you know, that unwavering belief in yourself, the work ethic to go through anything, determination, mm. and persevere with that goal, then, you know, I think you'll you'll achieve anything. And, you know, sometimes, you know, the people that are closest to you are the ones that are holding you back. Wow. Uh, wow. And that's, that's, that's a big thing. That's also a big thing, especially as Pacifica. Yeah. You know, all the other responsibilities that come with mm. being, you know, a Pacific Islander. Yeah. Um, that's also something that you've got to take into account. You know, I was fortunate, like I said, I was the youngest, so I love my lovers and I had my sisters. 
um, that helped me, you know, ch- um, curb the the expectation of my uh, my families and yeah. my, uh, my my mum and dad's churches and yeah. and things like that. But also, you know, I was able to say no. Mm. You know, I was able to say no to my dad. Um, not so much to my mum, but she was very uh, she was very understanding. But um, yeah, it, it, um, you know, like. There is sometimes you've got to make sure that you've got to keep the main thing, the main thing. Mm. Mm. Very good, very good. Um, I hear you got a story for us there. <laughs> Wait, oh. we, can, we can scrub this one at the end, though. <laughs> oh, look, I've been thinking of kind of a, a funny story. Uh, probably, I can't mention names. I don't can I mention teams. I don't know if anyone can mention teams, but it was pretty funny. As a young man going on tour for the first time with a team, and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, um, I was part of like you have two teams sometimes when you go on tour. There's you know the team that plays on Saturday and the team that plays on Wednesday. And I was on the team that played on Wednesday. And so, what team you know, <laughs> we celebrated a bit after our games on, on the Wednesdays, you know, and we always had to get up and do our recovery the next morning. And we'd, we'd, been, we'd been winning our Wednesday games and we were celebrating a lot, some play too much. And uh, we had this, um, our, uh, our coach at that time came onto the bus. Because he was worried, all of it, because he'd never been on our bus before, and he was asking, "Is everyone here at a certain time?" And a couple of players weren't, you know, with uh, a couple of them, they were they were late to the bus to go to the pool, mm. and we said, oh, "Oh, no one said anything." I think there might be a couple missing. I don't know who they are. And then, uh, so the coach was you know, not too happy, so I'm going to go in there. I'm going to go. Find where they are. What room are they in? I said, oh, I'm not too sure, sir. So, you know, you better ask at the front desk. So as he left to go to the front desk, and he, he got the number, he got the room number, jumped in the lift, came up the room, and as we we watched him go up the lift, our two mates came up the fire exit on the side of it and sprinted down the fire exit. Oh, yeah. And jumped on the end. We were cracking up and came on the bus. And then we said, and then they go, bus driver, go. Let's go. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, it's fair to say, uh, oh, they did all right. They did all right. Like, it was just a once thing, you know. And they, we got on the bus and we were just laughing. And I'm a new player, so I was just, oh, Oh man, this is what happens. <laughs> this is what you guys have to do over here. Oh well, that's... Oh, I've heard about oh, it. I didn't think it was like this. And then, uh, yeah, but you know, he did all right. Like he, he didn't get caught because obviously the coach didn't see where our bus had left, and uh, he got into the Sunday team uh, towards the oh, end of the well, tour. Okay. Anyway, so, uh, yeah. okay, so he didn't. He was doing something right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, awesome. oh man, I'm I'm eager to know the name, but obviously you're not gonna. <laughs> Divulge that information. I can't. I can't. I can't elaborate <laughs> that information, mate. It might, it might burst some bubbles there. Eh? Oh, crack up! Oh, that's funny. 
Um, Tana, Siana, thank you very much for for joining us. Uh, it's been great. To, it's been a real pleasure to sit down and and sort of uh, get into kind of some things. And and I wish you um, all the very best with with this uh, new journey that you're on. Oh, thank you very much. So really appreciate it. Enjoyed it. Thank you. A very insightful Talanoa with one of the greats of the game. Thank you for joining us on the Pacific Juice podcast. And we will see you in the next one. Mahalo. Thank you.